to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Bullock. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. And welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fullick. And as always, we like to talk about things related to resilience, business continuity, disaster planning, crisis management, anything that can touch on any of those uh, subjects. And I'd like to let all our listeners know that uh, once again, I will be in Toronto for the Continuity and Resilience Today conference, CRT, May 29th and 30th. Uh, Last year was a great conference with some fantastic speakers. So I'm sure this year um, they're going to try and top that, which I'm sure they will. Of course, if there are any topics you want us to talk about on the show, please feel free. Send me an email um, on the Voice America page for the show. There's a button. Send me an email. I do respond to everything, and we'll see about finding someone to talk about your topic or getting you on the show to talk about your topic. Or if you just have any questions you'd like uh, you know, a guest to eventually answer or find someone to answer, you know, send me questions as well. And maybe we could put a show together where we just a- ask and answer uh, viewer questions. If there's any uh, sponsorships or adverts, <clears throat> excuse me, losing my voice today, uh, sponsorships or adverts you'd like, uh, you know, get your product promoted on the air, talk about it or your service, please feel free, get in touch again, and we'll see about getting that organized for you. And today's show was brought to us by the people at Stone Road, Inc., who bring us uh, BoastAssessment.com, where you can kind of track the progress of your own uh, program and uh, save yourself uh, lots of money and uh, just find out where you are, where you need to focus, and, you know, uh, track your own progress. Today, we're going to be talking about BCM challenges for small organizations, and my guest today is BCM expert from Stratogrid Advisory, Mr. Alex Yankovic. Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, Alex. Uh, Thank you for having me. So could you kind of give us a little bit of a bio of yourself, you know, where you came from, how you got into the industry, and what you're doing now? Sounds good. Um, I'm a certified management consultant and certified business continuity professional. Started my career in uh, (laughs) early 90s. Um, for your listeners who remember, those were the Novell days, and uh, cable of choice was a coax cable, and uh, we had all kind of fun with the uh, length of the segments and count of the nodes, and uh, those were very different times than today. Um, <laughs> over the time, uh, a couple of years later, Windows 95 came out and pretty much changed everything, uh, for better, I guess. Um, 96 moved to Canada, uh, started consulting in, uh, enterprise resource planning space. Um, that was, uh, a little bit different than what I'm doing now, but, uh, this, this was my uh, first, uh, entrance into the consulting business uh, at the time. Um, gradually I moved into the IT, uh, with, uh, Capgemini Ernest & Young, uh, did a lot of data center migrations, consolidations, outsourcing, insourcing, and very early cloud, uh, solutions. Um, those were early 2000s. 
Um, after that, I moved into more IT operational roles for a couple of years with a leading manufacturing organization. Um, I just had to gain a little bit of first-hand experience on IT operations and all the challenges with that. Uh, at that, over time, um, moved into more consulting. Uh, I started focusing more on a, a business continuity management space. Uh, first started with a more IT disaster recovery, uh, been a part of the couple of the um, startups uh, in this space, uh, which uh, over the time did well. Um, and uh, uh, been doing that uh, since. And uh, starting 2015, I founded Stratagrid Advisory, uh, and we are focusing on business continuity management and some IT strategic planning uh, engagements. And then here you are now. And yes, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just for our listeners, um, how I always mention at the beginning of the show where people reach out to want to be on the, the show to talk about a topic, Alex is one of those individuals who reached out uh, wanting to uh, touch on the subject of challenges for small organizations. So, you know, you, if you reach out, you're probably going to get on the show. Alex might regret this at the end of it, but, uh, you know, so, but I got him on the show now. <laughs> Exactly. So, so let's jump jump right into it. You know, what are some of the challenges uh, posed, um, you know, from a BCM perspective for small organizations? You know, what 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 challenges do they face? Well, you know, when you when you step back and when you look at the overall business continuity management program challenges, um, all organizations, shape of sizes, they have. They have a challenges in this space. Uh, the problem with the smaller organizations is that it's usually amplified because of their size and, and scope of their operations. Uh, smaller organizations mostly tend to focus on their business and revenue and growth and, uh, you know, if lack of better word, uh, terms, they're going 200 miles an hour and, and, and really don't have a time to pause and reflect uh, on what needs to be done and what are the good business practices in order to continue that growth and, and uh, uh, whatever they built up to that point. Uh, obviously, but wouldn't have, that make sense, though? Wouldn't, wouldn't that kind of again? make sense? You know, you, you, why do I need a business continuity program when I'm still building the business you know, before I need, a, need one? Uh, absolutely, they, they they should think about it early on in uh, in uh, when they start uh, actually getting some traction in their in their space. Um, they, they they need to position the organization to survive for unexpected and and di- disruptions in the business end. And unfortunately, because they are focused on their daily business challenges, uh, they don't really have that time and that luxury, and and sometimes not even a budget to to address this. Uh, uh, these requirements. Mm, true. So what, what kind of budget uh, things would they need to consider? I know for large companies, you know, it's pretty easy to just rattle off a whole bunch of things. But for smaller organizations, what kind of budget constraints do they have? Well, you know, uh, sometimes they have a funding issues altogether, you know. Uh, they, they maybe sign up a couple of their clients and, and they're growing, but... Uh, uh, small organizations, they have, uh, they typically have uh, challenges in a budget space. So, limited resources uh, to to address a BCM program or internal staff or or knowledge, uh, even how to address that. Uh, 
on the on the budget issue itself, um, they don't. Sometimes they don't even know how to define what actually is required to to do. Uh, they they might hit the, the the internet and try to search uh, business continuity, and and most of the time they're going to be faced with. Uh, um, with many many different uh, or similar frameworks of how this you know, we're talking disaster recovery institute uh, we're talking uh, business continuity institute uh, there are different international standards uh, there there is a FEMA there is a national institute of technology so all of these competing standards we're going to start um, uh, presenting some frameworks and solutions how this can be addressed but uh, you know when you when you look at what resources uh, or, or budget you have to address this, it can be a very daunting task for them to, to actually address in what direction to go. But, but that can be a good point to start, though, right? You know, doing a search is because all those organizations you mentioned, whether you follow one of them or all of them or, or none of them, you know, they still all provide good information, and that still could be a good starting point for organizations, could it not? It, it will be great starting points for sure, but how exactly to go about it and how exactly to, to implement Because typically, um, the, our programs are kind of structured in a three different buckets, if you will. There is a, uh, there is a whole um, uh, the implementation of the program phase where we are looking at you know the policies and and you know the, the sorting uh, what is important to us you know the discussion with the management and um, th- th- that's the first phase the, the second phase is actually implementation itself where we are looking at the business impact uh, analysis where we're looking at risks and and impacts to the organizations we're trying to to figure out the the business continuity strategies and all that. Um, this is IT disaster recovery time as well. And, and then one, when everything is done, uh, the move into the next uh, next bucket, which is the maintenance and everything. But even even that, the whole holistic approach, how to go about it, could be very challenging for small organizations, especially the ones which re, which didn't really go into the whole uh, exercise of business continuity planning. So looking at the challenges, we'll, we'll stay on that side because you mentioned uh, implementation and maintenance, and I know I want to get to those uh, pieces a little later on in the show. But sticking with the general challenges, why don't organizations consider DR or business continuity or resilience, whatever you want to call it, you know, up front? What, in your opinion, why do you think you know, they – kind of push it to the side because I, I, I find it hard to believe that any um, you know, senior executive wouldn't know how important it is to keep the business going. But why do you think that they still push it off to the side? Well, th- that's a great question. And, and, and typically what I see uh, out in the field is that it's that focus on their business, focus on survival, focus on day-to-day tasks and sometimes you know, funding and, and growth and all that. So, so it basically consumes the management uh, to, to focus on the next big thing. Uh, the small organizations also have a tendency to, to uh, do transformation and reorgs and pivots and, and more often than a larger organization. So, so that the daily, daily management of their business and, and, and chasing the next client and next revenue stream and all that uh, sometimes doesn't leave them enough time to pause and reflect. So th- we, we find that um, uh, 
sometimes uh, when when they realize that they actually need to react and when they need to start implementing uh, the, the program and, and looking into the IT disaster recovery or business continuity planning is then when something happened in the news and when some similar organization in their space or the same size or or industry is hit with something and and then they realize that uh, they should get engaged and then and the whole panic kicks in. You, you mentioned something here with reorgs. Do you find that smaller organizations as they're trying to build the business reorg more than larger ones? I would say so because uh, especially the if you look at the startup space, you know they they tend to pivot more often than than larger organizations. Larger organizations usually fine tune their services. Uh, they may introduce uh, a new service or a new function, or, or, and you know to to enhance their uh, their service offering to the clients. But the smaller ones uh, depends what they do. Uh, if if this is a well known uh, non-for-profit organization who is dealing with uh, one type of uh, issue or, or broad um, um, a spectrum of issue. They, they, they might they may not change as much as uh, smaller organizations, which are still trying to figure out uh, in what direction they were going to go. And and that change and that um, uncertainty of where the the next big client and what what they were going to offer and everything. We're going to. Uh, bring those challenges uh, and and sometimes uh, uh, realignments within an organization, uh, elimination of the services, introduction of new services, and and they will tend to do that much quicker than a larger organization. Well, that's an interesting point. Would would a smaller organization be? Could they be more successful if they started their BCM planning early? And I mean successful by the way of their, you know, resilience or business continuity program. Would they be more? successful with their program being established the earlier they start or when you know they get further down the road and they have the capability and the funds to do it well they should in my opinion they should start thinking about this very early in their in their existence um uh, there are many many studies uh, which which points that um if this is not done uh, at the early beginning and when you when you're trying to 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 uh, define your service offering, uh, it may be more challenging later to do. Uh, the, the the equity knowledge uh, of uh, some, um, uh, if you're talking startup space, the equity knowledge of uh, early uh, the the people who joined the organizations early, they, they might leave. They might they might be re, uh, reassigned to the different uh, um, functions within your organization and. And it might become a little bit more challenging to do that later. So the earlier their start, in my opinion, is better for them long term. I, I guess the you know the more systems and services and uh, back to the reorgs, you know, different new departments or, or functions you pick up, the more challenging it's going to be to try and put all that in a pen and understand what the heck is going on. It will be more challenging. You're right, Alex, and 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 this is where. Uh, especially for the organizations who never went through this exercise of implementation of the BCM program and BCP planning and IT disaster planning, it becomes very, very uh, uh, involved and and uh, and challenging task. And uh, while they're doing all of that and they're trying to catch up with uh, with the business continuity planning, they still need to focus on on the next big client, the next big uh, service, and next big thing. So. Uh, could be a little bit uh, 
uh, <laughs> I know they've used this word so many times, but it could be a little bit challenging. I guess that could be a, a bit of a double-edged sword, too. You know, if you want the next big client, you've got to make sure you've got the right infrastructure in place. And part of that would be some sort of a you know, resiliency program or business continuity program in place to help reel in some of those bigger clients so they know that, you know, you've, you've got a solid foundation behind you if something happens and they've got a greater confidence in you. So, but at the same time, you know, if you're a small organization, you don't have the funds or the skills to be able to put that in place, you know, because you want the next big client. Exactly. And that could be great uh, selling point for, for them as an organization and for the services they're offering that, uh, that they can basically you know, tell their prospects that we have our ducks in a row. We we know exactly what to do, uh, and and you know your data, as an example, will be safe with us. Uh, we have these check and balances. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that's not always the case. Uh, even when you look at the larger organizations, there are some uh, statistics which are not really. Uh, they're not putting uh, all of this organization in a in a in a in a good light. Uh, you know, that maybe 30, 40% of them actually have a developed VCP or business continuity plan, uh, the testing becomes a huge problem. So even the larger organizations, they, they vary where they sit on a, uh, the BCM maturity scale, but uh, that's definitely amplified with, with a smaller organization. Well, that's a good point to end on. We've come to the end of our first segment. We're talking with BCM expert Alex Yankovic from Stratagrid Advisory. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to the show. We're talking with BCM expert um, Alex Yankovic uh, from Stratagrid Advisory, and we're talking about BCM challenges for small organizations. Alex, in our first segment, you started, uh, you hinted at, you know, um, challenges with implementation. Can you kind of go through what kind of challenges those are you know, and what you mean by implementation? Sounds good. So with any implementation of the, of the BCM program, um, there are always uh, certain processes and procedures how, how this should be implemented. Um, once when we obtain the management support and once when we uh, get all the resources to actually implement this, uh, typically uh, the implementation will start with um, assessment of the organization and, and looking into uh, their business objectives and what they're trying to achieve and, and what are the long-term goals for the organization. With that, um, there will be implementation or development of the policies, for example, to for the BCM program. Uh, people are going to look into uh, operational manuals. Uh, they're going to look into uh, implementation of um, of uh, BCM components like business impact analysis, uh, risk analysis, and and uh, business uh, strategy development or recovery strategy development. So, uh, the challenges in in this uh, in these uh, phases or this phase for the small organizations is sometimes they never went through this process. They don't really understand how this is supposed to be done. Um, they would, uh, you know, going back to a research that where, you know, they're going to look on the internet and uh, they were going to uh, research what what methodology to use and everything. And, and sometimes they were going to go to somebody in an organization and say, "Hey, uh, congratulations! As of today, you are a BCP or BCM um, uh, resource, and you own it." Uh, oh, that has that happened can- to so many of my guests. I have talked to so many people on the show, and over half have fallen into it by accident because they were they got appointed something to do with BCM. Exactly, and 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 for that uh, for that person, you know, that brings the whole slew of other issues. The, typically, they are doing something else. So uh, that could be a somebody in finance, could be somebody from administration, who could be somebody from operation, or maybe they're going to task the IT manager or IT director to to own the, the whole business continuity management program, mm-hmm. and then and then that research and everything and knowledge of what goes in and what is important, how to structure it, uh, it becomes it becomes a huge uh, obstacle to actually implement this. Um, where do I start? How do I start? Uh, what is important to our organization? What questions should I ask? Uh, you know, what are the services we do? You know, do we have a, 
uh, all our processes mapped so I, we can actually figure out where to go. So those are, those are all the challenges which, uh, which unfortunately, if you, if you don't know exactly how, how to implement the program, uh, they're going to surface pretty quickly. Well, I've got a few questions for you on, on all of that. And the first one was management support. Now, in the first segment, we talked, you know, small businesses, you know, they're looking for their next big client, you know, they're trying to build a business. So how would you suggest someone within the organization or even an executive try to convince others within the organization that, you know what, we're at a point where we need this program in place? How would you go about that? What, what are your suggestions for that? Well, typically, typically the best approach will be to to focus on their on their mission and their long vision and how they're going to get there. Um, they will need to have an open discussion uh, with the management, uh, with with the rest of the management, and and decide uh, what what uh, situations and what disruptions can basically wipe them or or destroy their business long term. Uh, sometimes looking at, uh, you know, going back to um, news cycles, sometimes something in the news, we're going to trigger that, and then it will be much easier to sell. But when there are no particular news around uh, cybersecurity, which is hard to believe these days, but, uh, or, or, or some natural disaster, which can actually destroy their business, um, at those management meetings, they will need to start discussing a uh, long-term viability of the organization. And, and, and it could be a little bit hard to sell, to be honest with you. Uh, some organizations are, are looking at this as, well, the business continuity just insurance. You know, why don't we buy insurance for, for our organization for maybe cyber or something like that? And, and, you know, we might have a backup and we are fine. The problem they don't understand is that uh, with business continuity, uh, the impacts could be huge. Uh, the, the impact to the organization can can basically mean that they're they're open next day or they they, they actually have any services to provide, and if the if, if the damage is so huge, and their reputational uh, or their reputation is uh, uh, basically uh, hurt by this. Um, it will be very hard to recover. And, and sometimes when I sit with the management and when they bring up the insurance and uh, uh, lack of uh, resources and everything, I always bring the reputational issue. And, and I always ask uh, uh, anybody in this space, how do you really insure against reputational damage? How would you recover? And that brings that. Yeah, you can't buy that off the shelf. You can buy that. You know, you can buy your cyber insurance and organizations. The insurance organization is going to help you recover. They're going to bring you resources and all of that. You know, they were going to pay for litigation if, if litigation is there and all that. But mm-hmm. there is no way to to recover from from some of the reputational issues. And for the smaller organizations, could be basically a last nail on a coffin. Yeah, it could be. So do you, do you suggest, you know, getting a different mindset in some of these executives, like from a risk perspective? Yes, we, we would, you know, as a professional, we would, uh, we would sit down with them and, and start discussing the risks which can, which can drive them in that direction. And, uh, and, and sometimes they, they, they want to hear that other side of the coin and they want to hear the examples and what happened to the other organizations and, and, and 
most of the times, uh, the management uh, understands that it is a kind of life of that situation for the business long term, and this is something they should really focus on. And, and most of the time, they start implementing the program sooner, sooner after uh, larger discussions about, uh, about this. So you mentioned you know, starting with risk analyses and BIAs, and then you go into development, et cetera, et cetera. It's a small organization, and if we go through that path, sometimes it can take them a long time, you know, a year you know, or more. Do you have any suggestions on how they could um, streamline that maybe? You know, with, with the BIA and the risk to, to try and get something in place sooner rather than later, because the longer it takes, the less people are going to start paying attention to it. Oh, we, we're never going to get there. So they just kind of, you know, the support and input starts dropping off. Do you have Absolutely. And, and that is a, one of the challenges in, in, in our profession. Um, we, we need to focus. We, we can always uh, do it in phases. We can all, but we need to focus on what is really important for them as an organization and, and uh, um, to bring those basically up in a, in a, in a whole um, implementation cycle. Uh, but you're right. The longer the implementation phase lingers around the organization, the less um, uh, focus uh, from the organization is on it. Uh, and, and most of the time, because they're small and we already touched based on that, because they're changing more often than than larger organizations, by the time that you actually go through the exercise, the information might be already obsolete. So mm-hmm. th- th- that's another challenge with with organizations. And and then, um, you know, for for anybody who come from outside to to help these organizations, you know, even that budget is now challenged because we focused on these certain areas, uh, but we moved in a totally different area. So. Uh, it might be challenging also for uh, external organizations to deal with uh, with a smaller organization actually implementing the programs. How so? Well, as I said, things changed uh, over time, and uh, you know we, we might work on on certain functions and services which were provided early on to implement the program, and then midterm you may have change. Change could be introduction of the new services, removal of the services or functions, people may change, uh, focus may change. So uh, the client might, uh, the, the potential clients or new clients might bring some audit requirements or something which are going to push them in different directions. So, so it is a very important to, 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 if you will, to block certain uh, time and and go through this. Um, I don't want to say as as fast as you can, but uh, in a in, in a period of time which makes sense for the business, and uh, and and complete the 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 whole cycle and and have something documented and 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 approved across the organization because things are going to change. I, I guess that comes down to you know each organization itself, you know the amount of time and the resources they've got and what they want to see at the end, and that's going to help drive how you know your approach on on how do you pull all this information together, right? I agree. Uh, each organization has their own pace, uh, and uh, sometimes um, they will push for results much uh, faster than some other organizations. But uh, we as a professionals also need to uh, uh, set a cadence and uh, or implementation of these programs and and work with uh, the key stakeholders to stakeholders to to make this happen. 
So and that we um, we had something else in our little agenda that Alex and I put together beforehand. And you said um, one of the other challenges with implementation is outsourcing to uh, contractors or MSPs. Can you explain that a little bit more and what an MSP is and why that would yeah, be a challenge? The, yes. So the MSPs or managed service providers are uh, organizations which uh, provide some kind of IT uh, operations uh, services. They they typically uh, they they can manage the computers, they can manage the the backups, uh, the the data backups, uh, they can manage operations, they can actually be your uh, organization uh, IT operations department. Um, Sometimes, uh, and, and we find this more often, is that with smaller organizations, they they have a tendency to to outsource uh, many of their uh, IT infrastructure and, and operations. And 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 the reason for that is that they really don't want to deal with uh, internal IT departments and hiring and and sometimes just uh, there is no uh, because they're changing uh, a lot in their approach and everything uh, that would be really hard to maintain. So they would they would tend to outsource these to MSPs. Um, the problem with approach which we see from the field is that as a business continuity professionals is that. Uh, sometimes they uh, connect the, the services which these MSPs uh, offer with the business continuity. Uh, we find that um, MSPs have a, a, a book of products or vendors which they, which they usually offer to, to their clients, and with that comes a certain level of IT disaster recovery solutions. Uh, organizations will... Uh, implement that IT disaster recovery solution, and uh, and next thing on agenda will be full-blown implementation of the business continuity plan driven by that solution. That is actually a bottom-up approach, which we typically don't uh, recommend to our clients or to anybody in this space, uh, because um, it's very focused on that product is not focused on what is important for organization. Uh, typically, implementation will go from, from business vision to the services to the risks to, to applications to recovery strategies. And at some point, you're going to be looking at uh, IT disaster recovery solutions and where the data are going to be and how we're going to recover. Uh, in this bottom-up approach, it basically starts from, hey, let's have a backup, and then we go all the way up. And, and unfortunately, that gives a organization's very false sense of security that um, we are okay, and we will be okay mm -hmm. when something happens. Unfortunately, when something happens, this is the time when they realize that uh, the business continuity is not a backup and that they have a challenge in many areas. Their IT infrastructure may be up, but they don't know how to continue. I guess that's uh, the way you're describing it. It reminds me of a situation I was in where uh, an organization designed its business continuity program to a vendor's product rather than the product being aligned to the organization itself. And it, it was though the organization all of a sudden had to reorg itself to fit this product rather than, you know, the other way around. And I guess that's part of the challenge, too, by following, you know, an MSP, you know, word for word and putting blind faith in them. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, the MSPs will sometimes, in the midst 
of uh, implementation decides to to use a different product or different solution uh, for whatever reasons and and you know don't get me wrong they they, they have a huge uh, a role in the in 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 the current environment right now with uh, especially with the smaller organizations they play uh, they're your they could be your IT department but like any IT department they should be assessed from external uh, entity and and to ensure that uh, what is important to, to organization is covered not just um, not just data backup or 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 uh, uh, you know plan to recover uh, most of the times and and we see this a lot is that uh, the planning uh, the planning is uh, is lacking there and and we're gonna probably touch it uh, touch base this later in a, in a maintenance segment, but uh, the testing is definitely not there. Mm-hmm. And I just want to echo your your comment there. You you know we're, we're not knocking MSP providers here. I just want everyone to know that. Absolutely just, not. <laughs> just want to make sure everyone knows that up front. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, in saying that, we've come to the end of our second segment. We're talking with BCM expert uh, from Stratagrid Advisory, Mr. Alex Yankovic, and we're talking about the challenges for small organizations, and we'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river. Like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. 
Welcome back to the show. We're talking with Alex Yankovich from Stratagrid Advisory, and we're talking about BCM challenges for small organizations. Alex, at the end of our last segment, uh, you started to talk about, or not talk about, but you just hinted at um, some of the maintenance and, and testing. Can you tell us, you know, what are some of the challenges and uh, potential solutions for, uh, you know, ongoing um, tasks and maintenance tasks with, uh, with for small organizations and their BCM programs? Sure. So let's assume that we implemented the program and we developed all these uh, cornerstone uh, documents and processes to to make our organization resilient to external disruptions and, and all that. Um, great, that's a huge milestone. We we implemented uh, Teamno. Uh, typically, they were involved in the process. They exactly know what we did, um, and uh, great, we have a big check mark. This is where s- sometimes. Smaller organizations basically uh, decide to to uh, put it on a shelf, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and and not revisit it for 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 a length of time until or until something big happen, or when there is a, a such a large uh, change in their organization that typically they may need to redo the whole thing. Um, we as professionals, we understand that these plans and programs are only good if they're maintained over the time. If there is somebody in the organization who are going to, uh, in the organization or external to the organization, who are going to continuously maintain these programs and the documentation so it's always current. When the big changes are, are implemented, uh, it will be less of the impact to them. Uh, we are looking at, at, at um, uh, if you're looking at internal resources who, who are going to basically own these programs uh, going forward, they will continuously need to, uh, to maintain this, this documentation with everything new which happened in the organization, but also they will need to uh, schedule uh, the testing and exercises of these programs with the, with the, with the rest of the uh, organization. And sometimes uh, there's a lack of commitment to that. Again, there is a lack of time to do all of that. So over the time, we see that all of these programs degrade to the point that uh, they're not really usable, and we will need to restart the whole thing all over again. Well, there can be a lot of, just talking about the testing and exercising for a moment, there can be a lot of challenges there for small organizations anyway because um, there's so many different ways of testing. How would you suggest small organizations approach, you know, uh, any kind of validation exercise? Well, during, during the implementation of the, of the program, uh, typically we would, uh, we would develop scenarios and playbooks and, and, and things how they can continue testing their, their engagement. I do understand that, uh, you know, going back to somebody who got assigned a uh, business continuity management role within an organization uh, may or may not have uh, experience in, in developing this. This is a time when you should reach to external entities and consultants and organizations and say, hey, you know, we, we have a program. This is what we need to do. Uh, we need to test it. We need to ensure that uh, we are ready for unexpected. And um, we may need some help. 
and uh, that's that's one of the avenues to do. Another one is to fully train internal resources, but that could also for a small organization be challenged because uh, these resources have a tendency to move within organization and to move outside of organization much faster than in a larger organization. So, so it becomes a challenge to 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 run these uh, tests and exercises um, over time. Would you promote for a small organization that, let's say, just did uh, create crisis plans and business continuity plans, et cetera, or whatever the case may be, would you suggest them starting off with some kind of a small test or exercise and or or, or actually go straight to the other end and do let's do a big test, you know, with an outside consultant? You know, how, how do you think they should go about that? Where should they well, start? Typically- Sorry, typically through the implementation, um, there is a point that you would uh, basically validate all of your plans with uh, all of the key stakeholders in the organization. So if you will, that, that could be maybe sometimes the first time when, when these uh, stakeholders will uh, look into the plan and, 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 and try to make sense of what we accomplished uh, through the BCME program implementation. But also, there should be a at least some kind of uh, tabletop exercise or something uh, when when we are implementing the program, so they can get at least familiar with how this is going to be done um, in in the future. So, ideally, uh, they would be trained to to do the exercises. Uh, but I do understand that could be a challenge as well. Uh, most of the time, uh, even the larger organizations will reach out to uh, larger consulting firms or, or uh, somebody in this space and ask them to to run the, the uh, exercises externally. There is mm-hmm. a couple of benefits to that. Uh, one of them is that they will um, have objective. Um, uh, overview and, and report on actually what happened during the exercise, which they may not receive if the exercise was done within organization. I'm not saying that that's the rule, but that's uh, typically what, uh, what uh, organizations uh, seek uh, in terms of testing. So I've got a question about some of the maintenance activities here. Um, mm-hmm. What if, if, an organization you know, has developed their program and they've, they've got a commitment saying, you know what, we need to maintain this thing. They, and they've got an internal person you know, who's semi-assigned to it you know, or you know, uh-huh. fully assigned to it. What kind of things do they need to consider when it comes to maintenance? And how do they go about doing that? You know, because you, you brought up some good points with small organizations. People come in and out quite a bit. You know, the, there's change, the org changes, you know, a lot more than with a, a large organization. So how do they go about doing these maintenance activities and what do they need to consider if there is so much change happening around them? Well, this is why, and we've touched based in the first segment, I believe, this is why it's important to integrate business continuity into all aspects of the business. So that's, that's that early discussion, which we already t- uh, touched based on it. Um, they will need to basically keep a uh, finger on the pulse of the organization and to understand what is changing and how is changing, how is that impacting all of their plans and, and, and whatever is in the documentation at that point. Uh, that could be anything from 
changing in the vendors uh, and and bringing other cloud solutions maybe because the small organizations have a tendency to outsource more to to the cloud than than larger ones but that's also changing these days um, just understanding what is changing and how is that affecting their plans and what is actually in the plans uh, is something where where somebody within an organization will need to 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 do Alternative to that is to have external organization who are going to basically be in, in the same capacity as somebody internally and, and understand how all of these uh, internal changes were going to be uh, reflected in, a, in a documents and plans and, 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 and the rest of the BCM program. Any, any ideas or pointers that maybe you could provide that, uh, you know, a, for a BCM person in a small organization? how they can become aware of those changes. I know, I'm, I'm sure you've been in this situation, but I know I have, where uh, many years ago, somebody left the organization. I had no idea they had left until four months later when we were starting to plan, um, I think it was a, a simulation exercise or something, and found the person had left four months before, and I had no idea. So how do you have any suggestions on how uh, you know BCM can be, kept in the loop with those kind of changes? Yes, and, and this is this is where, you know, going back to that person or that uh, resource who is in charge of it, it cannot be tasked to only one person. The business mm-hmm. continuity is an organization-wide exercise. There are many key stakeholders there. There, there should be, and, 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 and the emphasis on should be, um, uh, many different uh, layers to uh, of, of resources and and um, uh, across the organization, across the different business lines, organization units, or departments, or whatever you're calling it in your in your organization, who need to be involved into this, and and all of them need to keep uh, keep an eye on on uh, on uh, impact to the business continuity program or management program when things change. Uh, and you're right. People will gonna uh, come in and out organization. Um, the BCM or BCP administrator might not even know about that. Uh, and and you know, looking at the documentation, they have a critical role in a program to 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 restore the the services and all that. So um, it is very important to to do that. How to do it? Uh, it's a culture change. It's not uh, something which uh, organizations need to take lightly. They need to uh, integrate that uh, across the organization and and have a, a different programs. Uh, this is where employee uh, business continuity awareness comes in, where there is a documentation which is published. Uh, you probably, Alex, and probably you run into that, uh, you know, a line somewhere in a program which says the business continuity is everybody's business. Um, mm-hmm. So that you know, continuous training, uh, onboarding for new leaders or new um, uh, department leads. Uh, uh, so it has to be ongoing. Otherwise, uh, you're going to fall down uh, even more on, on in a priority list, and at some point, we're going to become a shelfware. And uh, unfortunately. The time when when this is going to be um, when this will resurface is a really the worst possible time, and this is when something happens. 
Well, you, you touched on a couple of uh, interesting points there where you mentioned, you just mentioned onboarding. And uh, we linked uh, business continuity and privacy groups and information security, health and safety to the onboarding and offboarding process when someone left. Um, we all received notice, you know, key people within each area to say if there were any access, you know, um, uh, requests that needed to be either fulfilled or taken away because someone left. And I had the responsibility, we had an offsite location, you know, that said, okay, this person has to lose their access to this location now and went through that process. And that was a way of integrating business continuity into the overall onboarding and offboarding process. So that's that was interesting that you mentioned that. The, yep. the other was the um, having, uh, I guess it's moving towards uh, kind of like an organizational resiliency perspective rather than just a business continuity. You know, it's getting everybody involved. And I like your comment, you know, that you, you said business continuity is everyone's business. It is. It is. And it, it, it should touch every single person in an organization. And, uh, uh, and, and as you touch base, uh, it, it's not a singular department or, or, or a business unit who are going to be dealing with it. It is everybody because within a business continuity management space, you know, we are dealing with HR, we are dealing with health and safety, we are dealing with the physical security, emergency management. There is different groups in our organizations who are going to be involved in all of this process. And they all need to communicate and not forget about all external agencies, uh, which we also need to be integrated in your planning. So, uh, as I said before, it, it is a cultural change. It is something mm-hmm. which uh, smaller organizations will need to tackle head on and, and, and start changing and integrating that in everything they do because uh, they could be just one disaster away from wrapping up and not providing any services. That's true. So we've got two minutes left. Uh, I'll give you one minute for any uh, closing thoughts you might have. Sure. Uh, broad advice, which, which we already touched base, to integrate business continuity in all aspects of the business. Um, assess your plans and assess your requirements and your services on a regular basis. Uh, things change uh, in organizations more often than you think. Uh, test everything. Uh, test uh, the plans, and, and please test the plans. Don't test the people. This is another one which you may have heard before. Um, mm-hmm. uh, people will fail. Uh, we are not uh, perfect beings, uh, but uh, and plans are even more not perfect, uh, to, if you will. But uh, please test everything. As uh, one of our, uh, my, my favorite quotes uh, is from somebody from the field who basically said that uh, untested plan is only a strategy. And think of that when you when you look at your business, uh, business continuity management program, and 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 what we're going to allow you to achieve over time, and that's a, that's a long term ability to uh, to execute your mission and your value statement. Well, thank you very much, Alex, for joining us today. I appreciate the chat. Uh, talking with Alex Yankovic from Strategic Advisory. Uh, about BCM challenges for small organizations. I really appreciate your input, Alex. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me. It was uh, it was my pleasure to be here. And I'd like to remind everyone uh, again that I'll be at the Continuity and Resilience Today conference in Toronto, May 29th and 30th. If you get any, any topics or any advertising you'd like to talk about, please feel free, send me an email. 
And other than that, I'd like to thank Alex again for being on the show. And a lot of great uh, points here, especially for small businesses. And considering we've got global listeners, I hope uh, there were some uh, good uh, topics for people to take back with them. In the meantime, stay prepared, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week.